Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The Tailor in Heaven. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. One very fine day, it came to pass that the good God wished to enjoy himself in the heavenly garden and took all the apostles and saints with him so that no one stayed in heaven but Saint Peter. This is quite the opening. So literally everyone's gone out in the garden. Everyone's gone to the garden except who, Adam? Saint Peter. Remember him? He's been in the podcast before. (laughs) Certainly. Welcome back. (laughs) Um, his last appearance was very memorable. Indeed. Yeah. Well, let's hope that happens again. <laughs> the Lord had commanded him to let no one in during his absence. So Peter stood by the door and kept watch. Before long, someone knocked. Peter asked who was there and what he wanted. I'm a poor, honest tailor who prays for admission, replied a smooth voice. Ooh. Honest indeed, said Peter. Like the thief on the gallows. You have been light-fingered and have stolen snippets of folks' clothes. You will not get into heaven. The Lord has forbidden me to let anyone in while he is out. Come, do be merciful, cried the tailor. Little scraps which fall off the table of their own accord are not stolen and are not worth speaking about. Look, I'm lame and I've blisters on my feet from walking here. I cannot possibly turn back again. Let me in and I'll do all the rough work. I'll carry the children and wash their clothes and wash and clean the benches on which they've been playing and patch all their torn clothes. St. Peter let himself be moved by pity and opened the door of heaven just wide enough for the lame tailor to slip his lean body in. He was forced to sit down in a corner behind the door and was to stay quietly and peaceably there in order that the Lord, when he returned, might not observe him and be angry. Oh, wow, this little secret. Yeah, well, he wasn't allowed to bring anyone into heaven. No. So he said, sit behind the door. So when God opens the door, you'll be hidden behind the door. (laughs) The tailor obeyed. But once, when St. Peter went outside the door, he got up and, full of curiosity, went round about into every corner of heaven and inspected the arrangement of every place. At length, he came to a spot where many beautiful and delightful chairs were standing. And in the middle was a seat all of gold, which was set with shining jewels. It was much higher than the other chairs, and a footstool of gold was before it. It was, however, the seat on which the Lord sat when he was at home, and from which he could see everything which happened on earth. Whoa. The tailor stood still and looked at the seat for a long time. (laughs) How long? (laughs) For it pleased him better than all else. Yeah. At last he could master his curiosity no longer, and climbed up and seated himself in the chair. (laughs) So he was like, look at all these... Whoa. (laughs) Now that's a chair. (laughs) And he just stands there. (laughs) So he's got in the chair. He's got in God's chair. Come on, mate. Mm. Then he saw everything which was happening on earth and observed an ugly old woman who was washing clothes by the side of a stream, secretly laying two veils on the side for herself. So I think it's it's an old woman stealing stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. The sight of this made the tailor so angry that he laid hold of the golden footstool and threw it down to earth through heaven at the old thief. Whoa. 
Since, however, he could not bring the stool back again, he slipped quietly out of the chair and seated himself in his place behind the door and behaved as if he had never stirred from the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I've been here the whole time. (laughs) They'll never notice. (laughs) When the Lord and Master came back again with his heavenly companions, he did not see the tailor behind the door. But when he seated himself on his chair, the footstool was missing. He asked St. Peter what had become of the stool, but he didn't know. Then he asked if he had let anyone come in. <sighs> I know of no one who's been here, answered uh-huh. Peter, but a lame tailor uh-huh. who was still sitting behind the door. Then the Lord had the tailor brought before him and asked him if he had taken away the stool and where he had put it. Oh, Lord, answered the tailor joyously. I threw it in my anger down to earth at an old woman whom I saw stealing two veils while washing. Oh, you knave, said the Lord. Were I to judge as you judge, how do you think you could have escaped judgment so long? I should have no chairs, benches, seats, nay, not even fire tongues, for I would have thrown everything down at the sinners long ago. Now you can stay no longer in heaven, but must go outside the door again. Then go where you will. No one shall give punishment here but I alone, the Lord. St. Peter was obliged to take the tailor out of heaven again, and as he had torn shoes and feet covered with blisters, he took a stick in his hand and went to wait a bit, where the good soldiers sit and make merry. The end. Did you just say? What? (laughs) We can read the story again. It won't take long. (laughs) No. He went... He went to wait a bit. As as in that's a place called wait a bit. It is, yeah. It's a place called wait a bit, Wait a bit on sea. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Where the soldiers do what? (laughs) Where the soldiers... Well, can we park that just for for a few minutes? I just want... Let's just let this story soak in. Okay. And I just want to hear kind of... If it all made sense, how we're doing? Just, I think it. Mm, it doesn't really make sense, but it does. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I, said, I followed the story, but I wouldn't say it all makes sense. My first question: Do we recap the story before I start firing questions? I don't know. I mean, I think we're all, we're all we're all up to speed. So, okay, Taylor goes to heaven. He's dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we but that's assume. what I'm, I don't yeah. get. Okay, so he's dead. So where is he now? In wait. Is that limbo? Wait a bit. That's limbo. It is. Do you want to talk about wait a bit? Okay, let's talk about wait a bit. Just okay, okay. So it says <laughs> we, we're not we're not going to be feel relaxed until we get past no, this. I don't bit, think we will. Okay. So God said, "Get out of heaven, Taylor." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tailor said, "Well, no, the tailor he's got torn shoes, covered feet covered with blisters. He took a stick in his hand and he went to wait a bit." Capital W and then hyphen A hyphen bit. Yeah. Where the good soldiers sit and make merry. So yeah, it's capitalized. Wait a bit. So it's it's a proper noun. Yeah. Uh, so I was confused as yeah. well. I saw in some other English translations it was called uh, "wait a while" as well. So okay. s- something along those lines. Similar similar lines. Yeah. Um, it sounds like limbo. 
It does sound like limbo. And I think essentially that is what it is. Yeah. But I just found it odd because I thought, well, why don't they just write limbo or purgatory in the story? Yeah. So that's because in German, it's written as Wurteinweil. Wurteinweil. Now here, of course, I turned to uh, Lisa Marie. Of course. Who helps us with German language stuff. So I got in touch with her and asked her, what on earth is going on here? Could, would you mind having a look? Always happy to oblige, Lisa Marie. She's always happy to oblige. Yeah, she's never let us down. Yeah. Up until now, she's been our consultant. But in uh, this round of messaging, she described herself as a pronunciation assistant to me. And I okay. thought that's a lovely title. That is a good title, yeah. So she's no longer our German language consultant. Lisa Marie can be our pronunciation assistant. Okay. <laughs> as you wish, Lisa Marie. That's very nice. So... Here's how you pronounce that in German. Wartenweil. 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 Wait a while. So I think it's literally wait a while. Yeah. I asked Lisa Marie, does she know what that means? Maybe it's a thing in German. Sure. Here's what she said. Wartenweil, wait a while, is kind of the right way to translate this, but it's not anything I've ever heard. I quickly read through the story and assumed that they mean to say that this is a place for those who are not welcome in heaven nor hell. Hmm. I did some Googling, and there is a place in Switzerland called Wortaweil. So almost the same. In this case, the Ein in Worteinweil has been replaced by the A, which can be heard a lot in German. If you were from the south, you would probably shorten Ein to A from time to time. That's what I remember from growing up in Munich. In the article, I found a linguist discuss the origin of the name, and she mentioned a droll story by Jakob Frey in which... He speaks of Peter creating Wartenweil as a place to send people that no one wants, neither in heaven nor hell. So, it's not a thing in German, at least not anymore. No, but um, it does seem to be a thing in sort of law somewhere. Yeah, so either it's an old concept of purgatory that's poorly translated into English, yeah. or it could be a Swiss town. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be quite rude, Would the good fair. soldiers go to... Drink and be merry or something. Yeah. It sounds quite fun. It sounds like a fun place. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. I mean, it's also interesting to hear about the different regional dialects in Germany and the shortening of Ein to, to A or yeah, A. Yeah, or A, yeah. That's, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, it's a whole word. And obviously, neither of us speak German. No. And these are German stories we're reading. And we're reading a Victorian-era translation of these German stories. Yeah. There's so layers to this. There's layers <laughs> of problems. <laughs> yeah, so presumably our uh, edition that we read, translated by Margaret Hunt, she chose to just translate directly Anglicise Wartenweil. Wait a while. To wait a while. Just stick it in there. But then it goes to wait a bit, which just makes me think of Weetabix. Yeah, sorry. It was wait a bit in our one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does Wait. that help? Do you feel better? I feel better, okay, yeah. Good. And it's interesting, uh, it is the story saying that soldiers that have killed mm. at war go to limbo. I guess so, yeah. Unless soldiers is being used in another way there. I don't know. I don't know. So many unanswered questions. Yeah. It is very odd. Yeah. I mean, that makes me think it might be the Swiss town. <laughs> it's just, just a party to town. A Swiss town. Just a, not a barracks town. <laughs> This little tailor's just turned up. Wait a bit on sea. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that answers yeah. that, I think. Well, as in, it doesn't make sense in German as well. That's what yeah. we've learned. Yeah, that's what we've learned. <laughs> but yeah, it's a direct translation from the German. Okay. St. Peter's back. He's back. 
a big character, I think. Certainly was a big character in, I believe, the last story we heard him in, which was... Brother Lustig. Brother Lustig, that's it. And I loved that story. I, that, it was made me laugh so many times. Yeah. Uh, such a great story. That that Those two as a sort of... As, as a little double act, as a little duo, they were just funny. They were funny, funny. But I seem to recall there's mixed feelings around St. Peter in the podcast. I love him as a character. Yeah. You couldn't stand him the last time. I enjoyed him. that story and ha- hearing him in the story. But no, uh, uh, as a person, he did not come off well in that story. Uh, yeah, safe to say Adam's not a fan. But yeah, this is the third time we've seen him. Uh, first time was Gambling Hansel. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Which was the season two winner. The story that won in season two. Wow. And as you said, the second time we saw him was Brother Lustig, which was the season three runner up. Second. Wow. So he's had high first. rankings so far. He's in the tentpole episodes. Wow. He's, yeah. He's a big star in Grim Reading in Brothers wow. Grimm. Peter's back. Someone else might be back as well. Is it the Taylor? The valiant well, little Taylor. Well, yeah. The VLT, we might say. Oh, VLT. The notorious VLT. <laughs> is it though? Is it though? I mean, is it? Is I'm it? Ask, but is it? But can I ask you, is it? No, but I'm asking you, is it? But is it though? But is it? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So this guy apparently has been stealing little bits of cloth from people. Yes, indeed. Which I don't know what he wants Cheeky. with them. <laughs> like stealing the offcuts. Yeah. He d- does like take someone's jacket in or something. Yes. Well, I think that might be related to the fact that, as we'll see shortly, um, tailors were historically, it's considered the, a very lowly profession. Sure. And so they might be a bit miserly, a little bit light-fingered. Well, and the previous one had, a, uh, had an interesting relationship with the truth. Yeah, we'll talk about that shortly, but um, there's definite overlap with The Valiant Little Taylor, which was a few episodes back. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable that it could be the same guy. No, not at all. And, but he did, I feel like he would at some point have mentioned, uh, what was it, one stroke? Seven at one blow. That's the one. He would have said that at some point. That is true. He he couldn't help himself. You can't go a day without saying that. (laughs) That's true. I also feel like, you know, when will the crimes of Frederick and Catherine ever end? Because I feel like had th- this one could have been the episode after The Valiant Little Taylor. Right, yeah. And then it would have been like a direct sequel. Sure. But Frederick, Frederick and Catherine, <laughs> they had to get involved. <laughs> got in the way. Get in the way. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're not sure if it's The Valiant Little. We'll leave that. I think it's, it's indeterminate at this point. Okay. Yeah. Very obvious kind of moral lessons in there. I was going to say, it really did seem so. Which yeah. is not very fairy tale esque. No, quite um, quite the opposite, in fa- fact. Fabu- fabulous. Fabulist? Fabulous. Fabulous. It's quite like a fable. Yeah, well, because we don't normally get, you don't get in folk tales and fairy tales, a moral, no. a like sort of heavy handed moral thrown yeah. in your face. In fact, that's often the mark of a. Um, the intervention of a, of a writer, of some sort of you yeah. know, moralistic writer who's taken a folk story and then tried to bend it. Uh, Into a lesson. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But here, yeah. We, yeah, here we do get the moral, don't judge others too harshly. Yeah, that's an interesting way for that one to go because I couldn't have anticipated that. Mm. But basically, don't 
let this tailor anywhere near a position of power because he he's a dictator in waiting. <laughs> he's ready to just throw down the footstool at whoever he pleases. That's another moral lesson. Yeah. Don't let this tailor have too much power. <laughs> yeah. God was doling out the wisdom there, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Don't judge others lest ye be judged. Yeah, judge. No, wait. Jury executioner. <laughs> judge Judy? Judge Judy. Um, judge not lest ye be That's judged. That's the one. That's the one I there was reaching for in my brain. Should we have a recap of the story, maybe? You've just reminded me of him throwing a footstool at someone's head from heaven. So yeah, maybe... I just reminded you, you of that. It's quite a short story, man. I know. <laughs> Okay, right. It's so rich. It's very rich. It's very rich. Uh, so God goes to St. Peter and he says, right. Me and, <laughs> right. Right. Me and the, me and the guys. Me and the lads are off. We're yeah. out, up outside. Peter's lo- like, can I, can I come? You stay and man the door, okay? Uh. Don't let anyone in. I can't repeat this enough. Do not let anyone in. Okay, goodbye. Have fun. Taylor comes along. He says, can I come in? Uh, so Peter says, no, you're a terrible person. And then he says, oh, I'm really poor and I'm lame and I can't, I'm, oh, please. I couldn't possibly walk back. Yeah. It's too far. He lets him in straight away. He says, right, hide behind the door so that you're not seen when God and everyone comes back in. Right? Yeah. Fine, I'll do that. Then he gets bored and wanders around. He sees a load of chairs. He's like, <laughs> look at all these chairs. What is that? Whoa. He stands there for who knows how long. Could be hours, days. We don't know. He stands there looking at this yeah. glorious gold chair. He decides he's going to get on the chair. Bejeweled as well. I mean, oh, is it I bejeweled? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's a beautiful chair. Oh, yeah. He sits on the chair. He can see the world. Yeah. But when he looks at the world, all he sees is this ugly old woman. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> like, whoa. whoa. I don't understand. Is it like a sort of big zoom or like a telescope? He's like, look, looking, you can see. I think that's it. It was just happened to be trained on that old, exactly yeah. with that old woman. Just as he glanced at the earth, that's just what he saw. Yeah. And she was nicking some veils. So he, in an absolute rage, you can't do that. You can't do that. He gets the footstool and throws it to earth. I don't actually know what happens. Does the footstool literally, like, knock her... Like, fall out the sky and knock her over? I like to think so. It doesn't say that, though, <laughs> That would story. be a freak incident, wouldn't it? Be, how would you explain that to the family? The coroner. Uh, I'm assuming she died. <laughs> I'm assuming she did. Yeah. Um, like, it's quite Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Then he instantly regrets that. He's like, I should not have done that. Slips off, slips off the away. chair, wanders back to the door. <laughs> do, 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 do. He's behind the door. So it's then, a bit Mr. Bean, actually, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've gone from Monty Python to Mr. Bean. Okay. <laughs> it, it touches on all kinds of classic British comedy. <laughs> it really does. That's why we're having so much fun. <laughs> and then, so then they've had enough time outside. They need to come indoors. So God opens the door, comes in with everyone else. Yeah, God, God just slams the door yeah. open. It splatters the table. Yeah, like the flat wall. Stanley. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm home. <laughs> so he comes Peter? in, and this is what I don't understand. So St. Peter yeah. had said to the tailor, "Hide behind the door so you're not seen." God comes in, and St. Peter goes, "There's a tailor here." No, well, well, so I suppose he's asked first, isn't he? God marches to his chair room. Yeah, with all the lads. Yeah, they're like, hey, "Come on, sit down. Let's keep this party going." He's yeah. Like, Where's my golden footstool? <laughs> Peter? Peter? Peter comes in. Yeah. What do you want, God? And God's like, where's my golden footstool, mate? 
did you let somebody in? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's I a did. Tailor. There's a tailor behind the door. God, go get him. I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and God, God's like, somebody bring the tailor. So he fetches the tailor and he delivers the lesson that you wouldn't do very well in this seat, you know, in my shoes, because, you know, if, if, if I ruled like you just did now, yeah. I wouldn't have anything left. I would have been throwing down the fire tongs, yeah. all of these chairs. Mm. Uh, you can't just do that for every little wrong you see. <laughs> Can I just say I'm enjoying this more than the actual story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, he taught and him a lesson. So for that, you're going to go out and you're going to go to wait a bit. <laughs> making it sound like the X Factor. Yeah. And for that reason, <laughs> I'm out. Oh, dragons down. <laughs> and then he walks down the stairs yeah. with the sad music plays and he's yeah. met by Evan Davis. <laughs> That's such a specific reference. <laughs> yeah, he's booting out of heaven. Oh no, sorry, we sort of missed the fact that um, the tailor said to God, "Yeah, I took your footstool and I threw it at that awful woman." He was. He, oh, he did. He was sort of happy about it. He thought, "Well, God did will he understand." Did he think he was going to get praised? He's like, exactly, "I did. I yeah. took over the fort, like while you're gone, sort of thing." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He was, yeah. so he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Even though. He's guilty of that. So I don't know if he really thinks yeah. it's wrong or he was just trying to curry favour. Well, it's just another layer of comedy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like the misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Clashing expectations. And then yeah. he... Had some Weetabix and Weetabix. Exactly. I mean, cut, did you not think of the word Weetabix? Of course I did. Yeah. Of course Weetabix I did. Weetabix and Weetabix. <laughs> um, with all the good soldiers who are drinking... Uh, drinking? Drinking. I think we need a drink and <laughs> drinking and, and making merry. And that's the story. <laughs> Makes sense now? I kind of want to give you a round of applause. That was beautiful. Why not? Let's let's give me a round of applause. <laughs> wow. It was fun. I mean, interesting that so you can see the whole world, right, when you sit in this chair. Yeah. Which would make you omnipresent, I suppose, or omniscient? But the, yeah, in this story, God is not omniscient because he didn't know that had happened until he sat in the chair and was told about it. Mm. I think what you're saying there, Adam, is it maybe doesn't match classical theological thinking. No, it does not. Might be what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, I might be able to help you with that, Okay, Adam. So in the Grimm's notes, the Brothers Grimm's notes for this story, they don't have too much to say on the story themselves, but they do have something to say kind of about that exact... Uh, instance in the story okay interesting but just to say beforehand so this this story first appeared in the Grimm's fairy tales second edition in 1819 there's no oral source at all instead it's a compilation of several literary sources from George Wickram Jacob Frey and Hans Wilhelm Kirchhoff all of whom were German authors writing in the 16th century Okay. And they all had stories of a tailor in heaven that the Brothers Grimm basically took them all and repurposed them into one story for their fairy tale collection. Right. And I believe they had it or they thought of it as a comic story. Okay, right. Now, yeah, as I said, they don't have too much to say on this story themselves because they, they annotate all their fairy tales. One thing of note that they did pick up on, though, was a potential clue to a more ancient provenance. Okay. They write about the story. The chair of the Lord, from which one is able to overlook the whole world, strongly reminds us of Odin's seat, named Hildskjaf. Okay. Good. I'll try that again. Yeah. Hildskjaf. 
or some Norwegian word. It's very good, Matt, very good. Thank you. From which he saw everything that took place on Earth, and on which others occasionally seated themselves. Freya, for instance, as we are told in the Eda. So, shall I translate that? In Norse mythology... Odin. Viking mythology, yeah. Odin had a special seat where he could see everything that was happening on Earth. Okay. Because I believe the... In Norse mythology, there are lots of sort of different, almost like levels of reality. Like you've got the land of the gods, land of the giants, and then Earth is one of them. Okay, yeah. So that makes more sense, perhaps, of this odd detail of God sitting on a chair and looking down at Earth. Yeah. In heaven, which doesn't really sort of match with our, as we said, idea of theology. Yeah. It's highly reminiscent of this... uh, element of Norse mythology. So maybe that's feeding into this story that at some point took on a Christian clothing. Yeah, sure. The sort of the core of the story, if that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I must admit, I didn't know about Odin's throne. Nor nor did I. No. Nor did I. was our second tailor this series or possibly the same guy again mm-hmm. uh, but we've had many a tailor before in our uh, voyages through the grim stories now according to jack zipes after prince and princess taylor is the third most common protagonist in the grim stories really followed by soldier now, that is if you exclude animal stories um, where the protagonists are just simply sons and daughters of, like, a poor person or a okay. peasant. Does that make sense? Oh, oh, it has to specifically be the yeah. protagonist. It can't just be a yeah. character. We've had loads of Millers. We've had... Um... Yeah. Which, is that, I mean, that is interesting because often characters are defined solely by their social position. Yeah. King, queen, prince, princess, mother... Father, tailor, soldier, huntsman, miller. Yeah. Which is an odd de- sort of detail of the fairy tales, which you, you just take as read. You don't even think about it, but people are defined by their position within society. Yeah, yeah, They yeah, yeah. rarely have names. That's true, I suppose. Although, literally, the last story we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this exception. Darn facilism. <laughs> There are 11 Taylor stories in total in the collection. This is volume one and two? Yes. Okay. Taylor story with Taylor protagonists? Taylor protagonists. Okay, so we've had the valiant little Taylor. Yeah. That's surely the only one we've had. We've had Taylors before, but they've not been protagonists, have they? We've had plenty. I mean, Thumbling as journeyman was a Taylor. Was he? Yeah, well, he's the son of a Taylor. Oh, yeah, I guess that doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. no, it's trick. It gets. It does get trickier. Mm. Well, this was according to Jack Zipes. He said there are eleven Taylor stories in total. Taylor stories. Okay. 
We've got plenty more to go. Okay, great. Essentially, yeah. Well, yeah, I think these two Taylor stories have been enjoyable, haven't they? So like, yeah. So it's making me look forward to more Taylor stories. Yeah, I like it. I like a Taylor. Yeah. Oh, as I mentioned earlier, certainly in the time the Grimms were around, the 18th and early 19th century, um, tailoring was very much a lower class profession. So tailors were often poor yeah. and out of work, wandering around from town to town. And I'd say you kind of get that in the stories. There's an inherent element of class with the tailors in the stories in which they appear. Okay. So we saw that in um, the VLT, the Valley yeah. Little Tailor. Yeah, yeah. It said the king would have been ashamed to marry his daughter to a tailor had he known. Yeah. So in some sense, we can see these stories as cathartic stories for lower class people who bring some social justice to their down at heel heroes which we get in the valley and little tailor mm. but also the lowly tailor can be a bit of a rascal like here and for earlier audiences it would have been very obvious that tailors were the lowest rung on the social ladder essentially mm. Which might not be clear to a modern audience when we're hearing these stories. No, because you think of a tailor, you think of someone on Savile Row, like <laughs> yes. taking up someone's trousers on a you know thousand pound suit or something. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think of these Brothers Grimm stories as like these folk stories. It's the champion of the people, like championing yeah. ordinary mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So you would think the lower class would always be a sort of heroic figure. Yeah, in a way. yeah, which isn't necessarily the case if it, if it's with the tailor. Yeah, with the tailor. No, totally. And I, but I think one of the keys there is that uh, these are c- comedic stories. Yeah, okay. They're meant to be funny. Yeah, but actually, but you're totally right. Jack Zipes wrote about um, tailors. He said, you know, they're quite often shady and shifty characters yeah. um, and devious. Def- certainly not wholly good by any stretch. <laughs> I mean, he Z- Jack Zipes wrote that. Uh, he thinks there's an underlying suspicion of tailors in the Grimm stories that at the end of the day, they're not to be trusted. Right, yeah. But at the same time, they can be very hardworking and clever and shrewd. Sure. And heroes that we root for, like the Valiant Little Tailor. But there's always a kind of edge to them. Yeah. Which, you know, who knows what that reflects, I suppose, um, attitudes towards tailors to some yeah. degree. But yeah, as I say, you know, these are also comedic stories. They're quite funny. That's the, well, they're meant to be funny. Yeah, totally. I mean, that Valiant Little Taylor was... Yeah. Absolute hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, absolutely loved it. We've got plenty more tailors to come. Excellent. Including right now, Adam. Oh. So I found two other stories about a tailor getting into heaven. <laughs> wow, okay. And I'd like you to pick one for us. Whoa. No pressure. One of them is German. And one of them is Swiss. They're both super short. Okay. But in one story, the tailor is the cheeky hero. He gets his way and we love him. And in the other story, the tailor is a bit of a wrong un and ends up the butt of the joke. Oh, now mm. that's tricky. That is. Now, I thought this might be hard. So <laughs> utilizing our technology as we do here. I've written Swiss and German on two pieces of paper. Okay. So if you want, I could put them in my hand and you can pick one at random. I think that... Okay. Or, or you can just pick one that you fancy. I think that might be necessary because I don't know which way to go. I think let's do it. Let's leave it to uh, okay. Lady Luck. 
Let's leave it down to Lady Luck. Adam? Okay. What way were you leaning, though, before you pay? <laughs> Swiss or German? I didn't want to tell you the names of the stories because it would influence you. Oh, would it? Yeah. That makes me feel like there's a right and a wrong answer. No, no, there's not. There's not. This one. <sighs> oh, that's the wrong answer. Adam's, I don't know what it is. Adam has picked the Swiss story, which is called The Spanish Cavalryman. <laughs> That's a good title. And what am I missing out on this week? You're missing out on the German story, which was called The Tailor in Heaven. <laughs> exactly the same title. Okay, it's got the same title. I knew you'd pick... If you'd heard the titles, you yeah, would have yeah. picked the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Man. Come on. But they're both amazing. so good. I didn't want to give one an unfair advantage. Okay. That, All right. That's okay. totally fair. Totally fair. But hey, it's the Swiss story about a Spanish cavalryman. It doesn't get better than that. Read by two English guys on a podcast about two German guys. Let's go. If that doesn't tell you something about the world today, then... Then it probably doesn't. A lot of dudes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dudes involved in this. <laughs> Making this happen. The Spanish Cavalryman. On Earth, people have to die. Well, okay. <laughs> Otherwise, there would not be enough room for the young ones. That's true. It's no wonder, then, that once a little tailor got sick and died. <laughs> it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. This is a great story. Yeah. So the tailor died. And just like a needle pulling a thread, his soul went straight toward heaven. He found the door and knocked ever so politely. After he had knocked a while, the window opened, and St. Peter asked who was there. The needle hero said, Hey, it is little Taylor, who, with permission, would like to enter heaven, Mr. Peter. Mr. Peter? A little Taylor, said the latter, an ironing board finch. We can't use the likes of you in heaven. And with that, Peter shut the window. An ironing board finch. An ironing board finch. Wow. I don't understand it. It's great, though. But we know him as the needle hero. That's what the story is Yeah, the needle hero. When the tailor was standing there, just outside of heaven, sorrowing and complaining, he saw an old woman who had also been told that they could not use her in heaven. The two comforted one another while seated outside there in the darkness. Oh, that's nice. That's, yeah, read what you want into that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Meanwhile, a mighty huzzah approached and called out that he would like admission to heaven. St. Peter did not make him wait long because the latter had told someone that he was a Spanish cavalryman. <laughs> someone said, Peter, that's a Spanish cavalryman. Peter's like, oh, look, who? Oh, Pete's coming straight in. Fast track status. The little tailor took note of this. Uh-huh. Speedy boarding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quickly ran over to the little old woman and said to her, How would it be, my friend, if the two of us were to smuggle ourselves into heaven? Not a bad idea, I believe. Quick now, little woman, I have a clever plan. I will be a Spanish cavalryman and you will carry me up to heaven's door. I'll take care of the rest. The important thing is that we'll both get into heaven. <laughs> okay, so he's going to ride this woman into... Okay. <laughs> No sooner said than done. The needle knight climbed onto the little old woman just outside of St. Peter's Gate. (laughs) Who is there? The person with the key called out from inside. A Spanish cavalryman, shouted the little tailor with all his might. The door opened and our Spanish knight proudly rode in and took his place with the other people in heaven. So that is what the tailor did and everyone laughed at him and had a good time all round and they never had to leave again. The end. 
What? What? what was that ending? It's, it's, it's written like in a stanza, like it's meant to rhyme, like it's a poem. But it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> and it also doesn't mean they never had to leave again. What does that leave. mean? What does that mean? This party's going on forever. <laughs> we never had to leave again. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I hate leaving. Yeah. I will never leave well, again. You will never have to leave again. <sighs> okay. That story was from Otto Suttermeister in his Kinder und Hausmarken aus der Schweiz. Schweiz. So I assume that's um, Children's and Household Tales of Switzerland. Uh, published in 1873. All right. So that's a spin off. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a grim spinoff right there. Yeah, why is everyone obsessed with Spanish cavalrymen? <laughs> what is a Spanish cavalry? Would you not love to be a Spanish cavalry? You I don't mean, know what it is. It sounds no, but I just say the words Spanish, Spanish cavalryman. It sounds good. I think doors just open for you when you're a Spanish cavalryman. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm the Spanish cavalryman. <laughs> it's like, can I come in? No, I'm a cavalryman. No, I'm a Spanish cavalryman. Oh, come in! Why didn't you say? Come right in. It just goes everywhere on the horse. That's why I'm picturing it. But in the theatre, just sat yes. on the horse. Spanish cavalry on the horse. Except it's not a horse. It's a woman. Yeah. What? Why did no one spot that she wasn't a horse? He rode the old woman into heaven. <laughs> that sounded more normal in my head. Um, I'm a Spanish cavalry <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> yeah, so you obviously picked the story where he's, you know, we love him. He's yeah. great. He tricks everyone and he's in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, a gregarious hero. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, just to say, we're, we're, we're not going to, don't worry, we're not going to read the other one. Okay. But the other one um, was similar, more similar to the one, the Grimm's one, okay. where he gets booted out. But specifically, God says, you have been stealing. He doesn't say, everybody on earth steals, and if I were to throw all my things at them, there would mm. be no sinners left. He said, you shouldn't have thrown the footstool because you stole something. So saying you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But yeah, as I say, this one, it's just a great jolly jape all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But weird that we're getting these um, different stories of tailors in heaven, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's more than that. There's a few. Those were the, those were the two shortest ones. That's why I picked them, <laughs> and I couldn't choose between them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so glad oh. you you read that. Adam, I, I think that brings us nicely mm. to the scores. Hmm. So it's time to give the tailor in heaven each a mark out of ten. Adam, what do you think about the tailor in heaven? I can't tell where your head's at. I think maybe you weren't a huge fan. I can't tell where my head's at. Mm. Do you know what? I'm still smarting a little bit after the last story I scored. <sighs> So I'm Scoregate. Just nervous. Scoregate. We yeah. had Scoregate. Um, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. Let's so, not. Well, let's just remind us. So in Frederick no, and Catherine, no, don't. Adam 
what? described it as a nightmare, uh, physically painful to listen to, and then he was about to give it a seven. <laughs> We've discussed this in our Patreon podcast, but uh, yeah. So Matt's just making me relive past trauma, so thanks, Matt. That's right, don't mention it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, you didn't give it, so you gave, so you gave Frederick and Catherine 5.5. Do you, did you prefer this to Frederick and Catherine, or...? No. No. Okay. What, what's it got going for it? Um. <laughs> that's, that's promising. <laughs> Let me think. I mean, a tailor threw a footstool out of heaven at a woman's head yeah. and potentially killed her. It's a big s- story. I mean, it starts big, mm. doesn't it? The, the scale. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think a five. I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's sort of down the line, isn't it? It's... Yeah. It's not the best story we've ever read on the podcast. Not no. by some way. <laughs> no. um, but no, there were some enjoyable bits. The throwing of the stool. The little moral <laughs> lesson was something new. I actually quite liked the moral lesson. Yeah? I, I thought it could easily have been the other way and been a very pious, you know... Yes. Rain down judgment on bad people because they're bad. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's it's more of a... Judge not lest ye be judged. Exactly, which is quite nice. But it's... Short stories are quite often going to suffer a little bit with the score. Yeah. Because there's less to get your teeth into. There's... Yeah, that's true. It perhaps wasn't as mad as you like a short story. Yeah. Often that's in a short story's favour. It doesn't have time to build, like, sort of draw you in, suck you into exactly. the, the drama. But if it's crazy, then it's uh, that rescues it sometimes, but not here. Totally, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sticking with five. Five, My gut okay. Feel. Five. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's about right. I think that sounds about right. It's a five. I think I enjoyed this more than you. Okay. I enjoyed this more than Frederick and Catherine. Right. It wasn't physically painful no, to listen to. I mean, it's got that going for it. That's true. <laughs> so I forgot to say earlier, The Taylor in Heaven came uh, in third place in our Series 5 story poll. Yep. It got 16% of the vote. Uh, and I think that's something that smarts a little bit. The fact that it would have been nice if it came in second. Right, yeah. So that it would have been straight after Valley and Little Taylor. You you blaming patrons? No. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just laying the facts out. Sure. And we can do with those facts what we will. Okay? Sure. It could have come second, but it didn't. You do the math. Yeah. You oh, draw no. your own conclusions. This is very dangerous territory. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's... What I'm trying to say is it's the meta things... That help this story. Yeah. If I think of it as a sequel to The Valiant Little Taylor, the fact that it's got St. Peter in, who's yeah. one of my favourite characters, yeah. this sort of world-weary saint <laughs> who's just like constantly annoyed at the protagonist. But as a story in itself, it, it's just a bit weird. Yeah. I think it's a great setup, and it, but it could have done more with it. Definitely could have done more with it. And as you said, maybe it feels a little bit too much like a sort of mashup of different things component parts that don't yeah. quite come together fully um but i think i liked it a bit more than you okay i was thinking five's too low six is too high maybe so i'm thinking 5.5 i mean it stands to reason if five too low and six is too high i think no, there's only one way to go with that that's maths <laughs> okay so i'm gonna give it 5.5 you settled with 5.5 think so yeah it feels a little harsh but I'm going to go with 5.5. So that is a grand total of 10.5 out of 20. Okay. Just squeaked into the sort of upper half of yeah. the scoring. So. 
that was that's touch and go there for yeah. a second. Well, okay, there we go. Nice sort of punchy little story. We're not going to have too many of those this series. Well, I was going to say, so we come <laughs> off the back of two very long stories. Are we back yeah. to uh, back to a long one next time? Oh, yes, we are. Speaking of which, yeah. uh, we had a slight problem with the next story that we're going to read. So, as I said, The Tailor in Heaven came in third place in our mm. Series 5 story poll. So, the next story we're going to read is uh, the story that came in fourth place, of course. But we had a tie in our story poll for fourth place. Two stories secured 8% of the vote. They are Faithful John and the Two Brothers. That's Faithful John and the Two Brothers. Right, yeah. So, constitutionally, the power therefore reverts back to Adam. It does indeed, in the uh, instance of a tie. I cast the deciding vote. Indeed, you do. That's the law. Yeah. Speaking of story length, uh, one of those stories is, I think, the longest story in the entire Brothers Grimm collection. Whoa. Certainly the longest story by far in volume one. Wow. So, uh, yeah. What's going to happen there? And the other one's not that short either. (laughs) So, Adam, do you know which story you want to hear? First. First. I should say, We're going to hear both. Don't panic, everyone. Sorry. Got to be careful with this This is just the order in which we get to them. I have made my decision, Matt. All right. Well, shall we... I mean, I've been drawing this out a lot. Should we just let's just go for it? Let's get it out there. Everyone is on. Everyone's on the edge of their seats. They're about to fall onto the floor. So let's not drag this out any more than we need to. (laughs) For the love of God, (laughs) I would like to hear first Mm -hmm. the two brothers. Hey, Hey. followed by Faithful John. Followed by Faithful John. Excellent. So. Story number four of this series will be The Two Brothers. Story number five will be Faithful John. Excellent. Can't wait. Excellent. Matt. Yeah? I can tell you're itching to ask me, how did I make this decision? <laughs> just, a, just a glimpse into my mind. How does it work? It's going to be about ten minutes long, this session. <laughs> what, yeah, what was the logic? The logic? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to guess, don't you? Well... So there's a solid logic behind why you chose the two brothers. Yeah, I can't promise it's interesting. Okay, so I think it might be because that would mean that every... So we've got, I think, six stories left for, this, for series five, or like in total. And I think that would mean that every other story would have two family members. So we have the Valiant Little Taylor, then Frederick and Catherine, then another story, the two brothers, two brothers. another story, the old man and his grandson. That's my thinking. It would balance that out. Am I right? Matt, you are correct. No way! I wanted to split up the familial stories. Yes! That's why. Well, well, well reasoned. I thought it was a really obscure theory, so that's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Well done. It's quite nice having the whole series plotted out ahead of time. It is quite nice, yeah. Because normally I like I only know a few stories ahead, but this time we got the whole thing uh, yeah. sorted, and that's that is a lovely balance, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm glad you approve. That make, validates my decision. We made the right decision, so that's good. Well, excellent. So yeah, next up, the two brothers, followed by Faithful John. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Are you too. excited? Oh, I'm I'm excited. I'm just surprised you haven't asked which one was the longest story out of those two. Oh, can are you going to tell me if I do ask you? Yes. Okay. 
Which is the longest? The two brothers. <gasps> so next time is yeah. the longest ever story. It's going to be a very long episode. Well, I feel like the longest story we've had so far was, in terms of time in the episode, was probably about, it probably broke the half hour mark, didn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, we like broke the minutes? half hour mark last episode with Vasilisa the Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So um, that's definitely been uh, breaking that record. So this is going to be a long old episode. Yeah, I reckon it'll probably be about an hour to tell the story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's okay, you know, but I mean, the weather's turned, it's, yeah. it's not very nice outside, so we'll just settle in. Settle in, stoke the fire up, Absolutely. get plenty of snacks in, cups of tea, and sit down for the two brothers. The two, it's an epic adventure. Oh. I shouldn't give too much away. No, but this, no. This, is, this is all music to my ears. So Excellent, okay, cool. Wait. Well, I should go home and start preparing, just limbering up for yeah. that uh, marathon. I'm going to prepare by just getting a lot of sleep ready for this well I'll see you next time for the two brothers I literally cannot wait um, please for goodness sake keep it grim keep it grim everybody bye bye if you'd like to support the podcast please head over to patreon.com slash grim reading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us you can of course email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com we're on Twitter at Grim Reading Pod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>